Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tickle Me. I'm Julia, as you know. Um, and this afternoon, I am recording with a new microphone setup. I don't own a microphone. Well, I own one, but it's like really bad. Um, so I've been using my phone, but I learned that you can just like put a sock over your phone um, and like kind of as a pop, what's it called? A pop filter or something. And um, like hold your phone like a microphone. Anyway, I'm doing that. It's kind of fun. I feel like I'm a game show host. Um, someday I will buy an actual microphone, but I am just not prepared to drop 200 bucks or, you know, something like that. Um, I am unemployed. I have to spend my money on other things slash not spend money slash save money. I'm sure you can relate, my fellow unemployed people. Today, I am talking about something pretty fun. Um, so I really enjoy fashion. I think a lot of us do. It's, it's really awesome because it's how you express yourself, kind of. Like, I mean, people express themselves in different ways. Um, I know a lot of people who express themselves through, like, art as in, like, painting or drawing. Um, I know a lot of people who express themselves through music. Um, and I know a lot of people who express themselves through writing. Um, I don't know. I feel like all of us have that one thing, you know, that we use to express ourselves. I guess some people don't, but I have not met that many people who don't. Like, everyone has something. Even if you just enjoy, like, singing to yourself, I feel like that's that's expressing yourself in a way. Um, just, like, being creative. Everyone has their way of doing that. And um, one of mine is fashion. Um, I think it's really fun because I can take a bunch of pieces and combine them on my body and like the combination of the different fabrics, the different textures and colors, um, patterns can all come together to make something totally new, something unique. You can even like put different pieces of apparel on in different ways um, or alter them by putting something on top so that um, like the way that the fabric rests on your body like changes and that can change the entire vibe of the outfit. I just think that's like the coolest thing. Um, and it's so fun to, to play around with. Like I will just spend time like hours in my room, just like trying on different stuff. And that's like one of my hobbies that I do in my free time. So yeah. And fashion is interesting you know as as all things it has a history and i really i want to study more fashion history um but today i'm going to talk about fashion that is popular now that was actually originated from people in the black community just so you know i'm mainly taking the information from this zine called heartbroken zine um their instagram handle is heartbroken zine yeah they have this really cool i think they have a couple actually really cool um zine article post things about fashion originating from the black community and um a lot of other stuff too like let me just browse this to look at it they have they seem to be very artsy um they have lbgtqia plus fashion icons they talk about 
fashion in general. It seems like a good place to find things about art um, and to find a, it's a very inclusive space. Um, lesbians on TV, that's cool. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff. So I am getting my information from their, um, they have two posts on black culture and fashion. And yeah, so I think this is going to be really interesting because um, I'm sure that you all as well um, participate in a lot of these fashion trends and you might be surprised. Um, And also, if you're not like well-versed in fashion, It'll be, it might be kind of interesting to listen to this because you will hear how people talk about trends. Um, I think it's for someone who's not really well versed in that kind of stuff, it's really interesting to hear someone talk about like a shirt in a new way. Um, like all the little details on a piece of clothing, like those are all, they all mean something, you know, and someone who, doesn't pay attention to that kind of thing might find that kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So stick around. Um, so let's begin everyone. So we are going to start out with talking about logomania. I actually did not know what that word, like that word was a thing, you know, I, Oh, by the way, logomania is like, you know, like those Louis Vuitton, bags that people have that have just the lv logo like everywhere like just like a logo like printed everywhere like polka dots but a logo that's logomania and you see it a lot on like purses and it's become more and more popular um on a lot of other things such as i mean freaking every i've seen it i've seen it on biker shorts like i've seen it everywhere um but yeah, like Louis Vuitton, I think is one of the most, um, po- like iconic brands that have logomania. Um, so yeah, but little did you know, people might think that like Louis Vuitton started it in, ni- in 1892, um, when they did the stuff on the suitcases in the eighties is when it really, it really started to mean something. So if you guys have heard of him, you're a step ahead of me, but his name is Dapper Dan and he is an iconic, iconic fashion designer. Um, and so he is a black man and he's from Harlem. Um, and he, Basically, what happened was he wanted to become part of the fashion community. And, you know, they were like, no, you're black and you're from Harlem. Like, fuck you, you know, because that's the fashion community, you know, is racist. As we all know, it fucking sucks. And um, so he was like, okay, like, I want to do stuff. So what he did was he would illegally screen print logos of brands like, you know, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Fendi, um, over leather. And he, he invented his own way of doing it too, which is really cool. Um, and he would sell them and he would also screen print, um, items like car interiors and curtains, furniture covers. Like he really did it all. He did that. And, you know, in that time, like rap and hip hop, like was 
really popular. Um, and that was like that age of time. I'm not really, I don't really know much about music history, but I will learn more. But yeah, like the hip hop community was, was kind of picking up on this trend and he actually styled LL Cool J and Jay Z and other people. So that was really cool. And so obviously when these celebrities were wearing these logomania clothing items, um, people were, you know, getting into it. And um, eventually he got shut down by the police. But people still wanted logomania clothing. Um, so eventually, you know, other people picked up on this trend. Um, and, you know, I don't think it was super trendy, like, or for the first, like, decade, I guess, decade and a half of the 21st century, but now, you know, it's probably been a couple of years now that Logomania has been super popular. It's, it's super popular again. Um, and he, Dapper Dan did a collab with Gucci, um, in 2017 and released like more iconic Logomania clothing and like this one coat he released with like fur and like leather and logomania it's like uh, amazing and crazy and like um yeah i don't know i think it's cool so that is one pretty cool story dapper dan is like very important i feel and i think it's really important to recognize like the streetwear side of fashion because it's like, I know that high fashion is obviously super influential, but the streetwear side of fashion is, I think, as influential, if not more influential, because it feels more accessible to, you know, like, low-tier consumers, I guess you'd call it, like, you and me. Like, people who, like, obviously can't afford designer clothes and also probably don't pay attention to designer clothes at all. Um... I think like brand, a lot of brands like fast fashion houses definitely copy a lot of streetwear trends. I mean, they, they copy a lot of high fashion trends as well, but streetwear trends for sure. Um, so, and obviously that's how it will get into a lot of people's, um, consumers' hands, consumers' shopping carts. So another one, and I don't know if you guys think this is a trend or not, but I think that it's timeless. Uh, and this, it is gold hoops. Um, hoop earrings in general and also chunky jewelry in general. Um, so gold hoops, like, obviously have been around, you know, since the BC days. Um, like, ancient Sumerian women, women would wear, uh, gold hoops and like pirates and stuff. Um, but in the sixties and I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote heartbroken for a sec. Um, in the sixties, gold hoops became popular in streetwear during the black power movement in America. When black women wore them as a way to embrace their culture, they became an iconic accessory in the seventies, eighties and nineties in the club hip-hop, and rap scene. This also gave rise to the use of chunky jewelry, pendants, and oversized hoops still present in today's jewelry and fashion. Um, yeah, so I think that's really cool. Um, 
like, I think when we wear, I think when people wear clothes, they often just think like, oh, that's, this is pretty. Or like these colors are like pleasing to my eyes or something. Um, and that's why they wear it. But it's important to maybe think about the history behind the items you're wearing, um, which I think a lot of people don't know about. And I didn't think anything of that until today, really. Um, well, with gold hoops, at least. Because, um, again, they just there's such a classic piece. Like, everyone is like, oh, you need some gold hoop earrings. You need some hoop earrings for your jewelry collection. Um, everyone needs a pair. You know, it's just classic. But really, it's they're more than that. Um, Heartbroken Zine says that they represented freedom. Um, and they became integral to their culture in an overwhelmingly whitewashed landscape. Um, and obviously like, again, when celebrities like, you know, Angela Davis, Janet Jackson wore gold hoops, they became even more popular. Um, and yeah, just, and, um, Heartbroken Zine says this really well. They say, that um, while other communities also use gold jewelry, it's just important to recognize the black community's impact on the trend. Um, as opposed, especially if you see, if you see like a black woman wearing hooped earrings and you like call her ghetto, which is like not cool. Uh, like just think about that. Like, I mean, I think about that with a lot of things. Like if you see a white person do something and then if you see a black person do something and the different like, lexicons you have to describe what each person is doing um there are a lot of really cool really necessary things that you need to read about that kind of stuff um that i've seen on instagram recently so check that out okay so the next one is very popular in fast fashion in particular i've seen it come up a lot uh, in the past, God, like four to five years at this point. And it is a re-emerging trend as all trends are lettuce hem. Um, and for those of you who don't know what lettuce hem is, it is the ruffled edge of the sleeves and often the bottom of the shirt. I don't know how to explain it. Actually, you just have to know. But it's, like, really popular. I feel like a lot of, like, Forever 21 shirts have that. Um, so it was actually created by the black designer Stephen Burroughs in the 70s. So apparently he created the lettuce hem when Diana Vreeland asked for a garment in quote-unquote lettuce, referencing the color. But then he was like, I'm going to take this to the next level. And he created the ruffled effect that you know you see on the end of shirts and stuff um and i feel like this is such this specifically is one of those things where it's just a little detail you know on a shirt it's just a tiny detail but it still has a history you know it's cool to remember where it came from and how stephen burroughs really did influence the 90s and also the 2000s teens with his little invention and i love the lettuce time i think it's so cool and it really does add a little pop to a boring t-shirt 
Next, I'm going to talk about my personal favorite, bucket hats. Um, And this one's a more obvious one. So, you know, obviously, like, the original, original one was, like, the fishermen using bucket hats. Um, But in terms of trends, in the 60s, it was, like, a ladies' accessory kind of hat. Um, And you can see that. And it was, like, kind of weird-shaped you see those in thrift stores a lot. But then in the 80s, it really took off because it was introduced to street style um, by the hip-hop community. And apparently, according to NSS Magazine, um, one of the first celebrities to sport the bucket hat was American rapper Big Bank Hank during a performance in 1979. Um, and then, you know, after that, other people like Ella Cool J, Jay-Z, and so on, um, also decided to wear a bucket hat and, um, you definitely see that like in eighties style, you always see bucket hats and especially in the hip hop community, you see like bucket, I'm looking at a picture right now. It's a Kangle bucket. Hat. It's a, um, a picture of, oh, it's LL, it's LL Cool J wearing a Kangle bucket hat and chunky gold jewelry, chunky rings and bracelets and a red tracksuit. And I just fucking love it. <laughs> he looks awesome. And um as you I'm sure you can see like on the runways like so many designers have included bucket hats in their uh, collections. Um and so many stores like you know you see it in Urban Outfitters, you see it in like shit like that like fast fashion places having you know selling bucket hats on Depop. Um, I see bucket hats all the time, like trending and all the little like quirky white girls (laughs) like myself, um, wear bucket hats and like, it's a great thing. Like I just fucking love them and bucket hats are like something to truly remember that they were originally from the hip hop times, um, in the hip hop community and I think the, that one's just a little bit more direct as opposed to like lettuce hems. Like bucket hats are like a lot more direct in terms of what made them popular. Oh, oh my God. This is a great one. Um, sneakers. Um, listen, sneakerheads, sneaker conventions. Oh my gosh. Sneakers are huge. There's a whole like fashion branch that's just sneakers. Um, but like sneakers are a very specific kind of shoe because they the style of the shoe um who designed it who wore them like this the shoe really does convey something about the wearer they convey some sort of like i want to say vibe but (laughs) that's a bad word because it's so vague they convey some sort of story you know about the wearer so this is um, according to Heartbroken Zine, um, New Yorkers involved in basketball and the hip hop community changed the perception of sneakers in the seventies from sports equipment to, t- to tools for cultural expression. According to the sneaker historian Bobito Garcia, oh, I can't read that. Progenitors of sneaker culture were predominantly kids of color. So basically, 
Um, according to Heartbroken Zine, the prominent role of sneakers in the history of black urban culture and its appropriation by white people is highlighted in the documentary Fresh Dressed, which I absolutely will be watching. I'm not a documentary person, but I do want to learn about that, um, especially as someone who likes fashion. I feel like I should like know my shit, um, which is you know something I'm doing today. I'm learning more and you're learning more. So basketball shoes like Jordans. Oh, love Jordans. Um, those are a pretty specific one. And then you've got like your, your Reeboks, you've got your chunky dad shoes, you've got your Air Maxes. Like there are so many different kinds of shoes. And, um, it's just important to remember where they came from. Let me see if I can find more on sneaker culture. Aha. Okay. I found a, a an, an Atlantic article called Sneakers Have Always Been Political Shoes. Oh, they're called sneakers because they're when you walk in them, it's quiet. Like you're sneaking. <gasps> That's crazy. Wow, I'm re- really reading about the history of sneakers. I'll let you know what's going on. So in the 20s, industrialization made sneakers widely available and very affordable. Um, and, you know, originally they were like a very privileged type of luxury item for people who played tennis. Because you know how tennis is for snooty people. Um, at least like stereotypically. Okay. This is really interesting. So this is a quote, um, from this article, the fragile piece of world war one increased interest in physical culture, which became linked to the rising nationalism and eugenics countries encouraged their citizens to exercise, not just for physical perfection, but to prepare for the next war. It's ironic that the sneaker became one of the most democratic, Democratized, dem- wait, democratized forms of footwear at the height of fascism. That's really interesting. Wow. Okay, so during World War II, the shoe became central to American identity. Certain kinds of shoes became associated with certain kinds of people, groups of people. Um, for example, James Dean um, rebranded Chuck Taylors as like the footwear for young rebels without a cause. And during the civil rights movement in the sixties, um, Bill Cosby, um, like wore white Adidas sneakers and they were, I guess like kind of like a classic thing that he wore and recognizable. Um, so that became popular. Oh, wow. Okay. In the 1968 Olympic Games in Mexico City, um, an American sprinter, Tommy Smith, and his teammate, John Carlos, removed their Puma suede and mounted the metal podium in their stocking feet to symbolize African-American poverty. Their heads lowered and black-gloved fists raised in a black power salute. You know, we all know about Jordans. Um, Michael Jordan and Nike had a little agreement and... Jordan wore his his Air Jordans during games, even though he wasn't allowed to. And um, they have this sort of like like Jordans. Like if you if someone's wearing Jordans, I'm impressed. First of all, they're really expensive. Second of all, they're really cool. And Michael Jordan is really cool, obviously. So, anyways, um, those are a few. <laughs> 
different trends that you might not have thought about before and how the black community really helped to shape these trends, to start these trends, to influence how we all dress today. Thanks to them, we have these awesome trends. And um, I just wanted to do this episode, you know, obviously because there's a huge gap in history, you know, from what we're taught and what happened. There's like so much is left out or told in a way that changes the narrative. Um, And fashion is notorious for being a racist industry, for being an exploitative industry, for, like, being shitty. (laughs) Like, if you work in the fashion industry, there's a stereotype for how people act. Um, It's also very, like, white it's very whitewashed. Um, high fashion is very whitewashed. So it's, I think it's just important to understand the history. This is Julia from the future. BT dubs, anything I said earlier about like streetwear brand, like streetwear trends. Like I literally know nothing or what, what's it called? Like street style, like, like Supreme or stuff like that. Like I have no idea how that stuff works. Um, so if I said something wrong about it, um, just keep that in mind. Um, I hope you guys like this episode. I will link, um, like some of the articles that I was reading in the show notes. Um, if you have any suggestions for what you want me to talk about in the future, let me know. I love hearing your suggestions and I love talking to people after they listen to the podcast. Um, and if you... Um, have any like recommendations for like documentaries or articles or academic texts or anything about the history of fashion or anything really that you you think I should read um like hit me up I guess um and then as in terms of social media if you want to follow me um my Instagram is oldkerm o-l-d-k-e-r-m if you're still listening right now um take a few deep breaths and close your eyes And listen really hard to all the sounds around you because sometimes we forget to do that. I think often we're caught up with having to constantly be stimulated. Um, I know I am. I don't like walking without listening to something, but maybe take a walk and don't listen to anything except for your surroundings. Um, I think that we can all learn something from that. Um, you know, everyone tells me to meditate. That feels kind of meditative. So yeah, (laughs) um, I hope that you have a great day. Um, I hope that it's filled with joy and peace as much joy and peace as we can feel right now. At least, um, I hope that you have a few really like nice, innocent moments though, for real. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.